Good morning, International Christian Fellowship International. This is Pastor Jennifer, and I want to welcome you to our online service today. It's spring, and that means new life, new growth. God wants to bloom something new in your life. He's going to bring those dreams to life. So as you lean into the service, I want you to enter into worship with our Bridge Worship Team. I want you to listen to the message, and I want you to take notes. So quick, grab a pen and paper, get ready to take some notes, because the Lord is going to speak to you today. Enjoy the service. Works. Amen. I know you're probably wondering as we welcome the online campus this morning if I'm just going to have my own dinner here today because you know it's a long day when we have two services. I love it. I'm not going to have dinner. But I do want you to know that this does represent something that we see about David, the king, and I'm going to talk to you about that this morning. Colossians 3.3 says your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God because he is your life. Yes, David was a man after God's own heart. And David went through some things. And that's why the Psalms is so powerful because we can see this uh, pendulum of emotion and activity in David's life, but we also see the motion of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. Amen? So the first thing this morning I want to remind us of is that forgiveness equals freedom. So many of you wrote me or talked to me last Sunday about the messages on forgiveness, and I praise God that he stirs our heart and quickens us to be mindful of the way we think about others, the way we act towards others, and forgiveness really does equal freedom. I don't have to hold on to those things that weigh me down. The second thing I want you to know is that faith and forgiveness bring healing to us no matter who we are. No matter who we are. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. The Bible says it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Greek. Right? It's God loves every single one of us the same. So today I'm asking the question, how does forgiveness flow from God to us and then from us to others? I want you to look at the story of David. Bad, everybody say bad. Bad, type in the chat, bad. They won't know what it is, but bad King Saul. Bad King Saul. And then Saul had a grandson. Do you know that? And his grandson's name was Mephibosheth. Actually, Saul had a son named Jonathan, who was a friend of David's. So if we're going to look at this story, I want you to recognize something that we have to come out of Lodabar. Forgiveness and healing happened in Mephibosheth's life when he came out of Lodabar. And therefore, the king was saying at that time, there is a seat at the table for you. So in 2 Samuel chapter 4, we have the reference, but I'm not going to read it. I want you to know that it tells us that when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, grandson of Saul, was dropped and injured for life. That's a story. That's a real story of a real person who had an injury that someone else caused. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, 
we see these verses. I'm going to try to go through them quickly. David asked, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, are you Ziba? And Ziba said, I'm at your service. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king and said, there's still a son of Jonathan. He's lame in both his feet. Where is he? The king said. Ziba answered, he's at the house of Machir, son of Amiel in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Marker, son of Amiel. And when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. And David said, Mephibosheth, at your service. Don't be afraid. That's what David said to Mephibosheth. Don't be afraid afraid. I'm going to leave it right there for a minute. And I want you to think about this. When we look at this story of Mephibosheth, whose very name meant shame. You can put up that slide that says come out of Lodabar for right now. When we look at Mephibosheth, we see ourselves. Did you ever feel ashamed? Did you ever feel remorseful or that you weren't sure what you were supposed to do with what had happened in your life? God wants you to come out of Lodabar. Perhaps we see ourselves and others dislocated and misunderstood. And when you operate without that forgiveness and grace active, you can feel unworthy to take a place at this table. Lodabar was such a place. The very meaning of Lodabar is not having pasture. No pasture, no community. It's not really a place where someone wants to settle. It's a place of not belonging, doing life alone. Lodabar was this place. And so sometimes we feel unworthy because we've come from a Lodabar experience, right? And we don't feel worthy to sit at the king's table, at the altar of sacrifice and praise. It was a town of forgotten people, including Mephibosheth, son of David's best friend, who was the son of King Saul. In Lodabar, we find the lost, the hurting, and the broken. So the first thing I want you to understand about this story, and I pray that you will go back and read it this week, is that the inhabitants of Lodabar were not there of their own fault. It's sometimes not your fault. Mephibosheth was not in Lodabar because of something he had done wrong. We are told that he was crippled in both of his feet. 2 Samuel chapter 4 tells us that Mephibosheth was under the care of his nurse while his father Jonathan was in battle. And when the word came that Jonathan and his grandfather Saul had been killed, The nurse grabbed Mephibosheth to run, but she dropped him, injuring both of his feet. He was only about five years old when this happened and had to spend the days being cared for by someone else, living off the handouts of a few in a difficult and lonely place 
called Lodabar. But it was not Mephibosheth's fault that his father died. It was not Mephibosheth's fault that his grandfather died. Hear me, because sometimes people say you're in a generational curse and you're going to have to pay the sins that somebody did three generations ago. You are responsible for your actions and your reactions. Jesus came to break the curse of the past. Amen? Jesus came to break the curse of the past. And so when we understand that Mephibosheth is not in Lodabar because of something he did, but God still has a plan for this broken, injured young man. I want you to know today, it's not your fault that no one gave you guidance. It's not your fault that maybe you didn't get to be one of the ones with the best education. Maybe no one poured life into you. I've had people in this city that you would never expect say to me, I have never had a mentor. And you would be shocked because you would think, surely they have been mentored because they seem like they're so well and so healthy and so prosperous in their spirit. But here's what you need to know. You're responsible for what you do. And so when we think about this, I want you to think about the response that helps us to bring someone to the king's table. And what that is, is grace. I say it all the time, grace with accountability. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We know that in Scripture, King David is oftentimes a synonym, a, a, like a fable, a, not a fable, but a, a parallel to the King Jesus. There's some very similar things happening. So forgiveness equals grace for generations to come. But someone had to be responsible to stop that thing from continuing, right? Someone had to begin to say, I'm going to give forgiveness. I'm going to let grace flow in my life. And it wasn't just David. Do you know that Jesus is able to pick you up from where you are and set you on a high rock? And I want to say to you this morning, Lodabar does not just inhabit the poor. And Lodabar is not always a physical place that I'm talking about this morning. More than you might think, people are messed up on the inside, looking like everything is okay, but it's not. And the one sitting next to you in this place just might be living in their own Lodabar. Hear me, I've been praying over this because I don't want anyone to feel like they're not welcome at the king's table. So I ask you this morning, not only have you received the forgiveness from the king, not only do you extend, but have you asked someone else, are you all right today? Because somebody is in their own Lodabar of shame, not belonging because they feel stuck. Somebody here, somebody you know, Maybe battling depression, addictions, problems with sexuality, something that has affected their mind, something that affects their sleep at night, something that has crippled them for far too long from being what God intended them to be. You're living in a psychological place of Lodabar, and you don't think you have a way of escape. 
But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is the great redeemer. Jesus is the great redeemer. And I want you to know that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.28, he chose the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes, nobodies, so that he could shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent, so that there would be no place for prideful boasting in God's presence. I want us to know today, everybody deserves to come out of Lodabar. Everybody deserves for somebody to say, you don't belong there. It's not your fault that those things happen to you. And I want you to know something. People are afraid to come out. People are afraid to ask for help. I've experienced that. In 40-some years of ministry, not just here in Rome, not just here in ICF Rome, the enemy wants you to be isolated and alone and to feel like your problem is too big, too bad, too shameful, too yucky, too complicated to ask for help. I want you to know we don't do life alone, and we do it not only with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We do it with our family of faith. That's why we dedicate a beautiful baby. That's why we celebrate volunteers. This morning, I'm asking you to imagine the king at the table. Alex, would you come and help me for just a moment? Would you just come up here for just a minute? Thank you. Um, You know, I want you to, this is a modern day King David. He's getting ready. Doesn't he look nice? Isn't the king so sharp? <laughs> the, king is so, the king is so amazing. But you know, it's King David. He's representing something, right? This is a modern day version. He doesn't have his regal crown and his long robe, but he represents really each of us who have an opportunity to do what God wants us to do. King David said to Mephibosheth, don't be afraid. And King Jesus says, don't fear. I mean, with Alex there, I'm really not afraid. I feel like he's strong. He's taller than me. If somebody tries to come by me, I think he's going to stand in front of me. I feel safe when the king is with me. Amen? I want you to recognize that. I want you to understand something about David's act of forgiveness with Mephibosheth. In those days, it was customary and necessary. That one king, when one king was overthrown, his entire family, say everybody, everybody was to be killed off to stop that generational thing, to keep them from having an uprising later. Now, Bephibosheth had been hiding out for who knows how long, and he discovered and thought it was time to die. But to his surprise, something else happened. King David sent for Mephibosheth. And this is what the king does. He goes and finds Mephibosheth. (laughs) And he says, Mephibosheth, you belong at this table. And not only does he say you belong, but he says, I'm going to sit here with you. You're not going to eat at this table alone. This is a young boy, but he represents each of us. Amen? 
this young boy, this Mephibosheth, he said, no, I'm not worthy to sit here. The king, you know, he doesn't have his suit on like the king does. But the king doesn't care what we're wearing. Amen? He cares that there was someone lost and hurting and broken. And he said, I'm going to bring him to my table. Forgiveness equals your place at the king's table. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus proclaimed, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Jesus was quoting from Isaiah to preach good news, to proclaim freedom for the prisoner. You don't have to be in Lodabar anymore. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to be ashamed. You can raise your hands and give me a victory. Can you give me a victory? Yes. Because when I'm released and I get the anointing of the king, I have the king's favor on my life. Alex, just put your hand on his shoulder. I just want you to imagine your whole day, your whole week, your whole life. You're at work and you feel like you're in Lodabar and somebody's making you feel shameful. The king is right there. He's standing right behind your desk going, I got you. You don't worry about what they're saying. Maybe you've been at home and someone's been talking stuff over you. The king is right there saying, don't worry. You are not what they say you are. You are not your wounds. You are not going to remain crippled. You are not going to stay bitter and unforgiven in Jesus' name. And so I want you to understand something. Jesus was modeling for us and then David modeled for us that we are to help bring people out of Lodabar. I'm so glad that as much as I would have loved to carry my precious Mephibosheth right now from there to here. You know what? I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't be strong enough. I don't have to do it, and you don't have to do it, because the king does it for us. The king does it for that one. And sometimes we think, I have to have all the strength. I have to have all the energy. And if I don't, I'm not coming, I'm not doing, I'm not serving. But that's why we serve, because there's a place at the table. There's a place at the table, and you don't have to feel ashamed. You are just as equal as I am to sit at this table as someone else is. So hear me. We get so busy running around, and maybe you tripped and fell in Lodabar. Think about it. You say, Pastor Jen, I feel stuck in Lodabar. I have that shame on me. I may not be crippled at my legs, but my heart is crippled. I can't love like I'm supposed to do. I can't trust like I'm supposed to do. I want you to imagine the king of kings coming to where you are, picking you up in his arms. He's holding you right now and saying, you are worthy. You have a place, not at some other table, at my table, at his table. Maybe you've tripped and fallen. Maybe you've fallen into trouble. Maybe you've fallen out of the will of God. Maybe you've fallen into sin. And every time you try to get on your feet, you feel like you fall down. Every time you make a vow to the Lord, you find yourself having to take it back. I entreat you, stop living in Lodabar. Maybe it feels easier because nobody knows you there. Nobody talks to you there. You don't have to give any account for what's hurting but remember, isolation is a tool of the enemy. When I begin to say, you don't have to say every single detail, but I can say, you know what, today I need prayer. 
I'm saying to the Lord when I say that, I'm saying to the king, you can put your hand on my shoulder. If you're, I need you, God. I need you to touch me today. What if I don't say it? God is right there. The king of kings is right there saying, I want to help you. But I didn't say anything. And I'm like, where's God? How come God's not helping me? And he's, you know, he doesn't force himself. He said, choose you today who you will serve. And so he's there wanting me to sit at the table with them. But if I don't say, Jesus, help me, I can't sit at that table. And I can get up from that table and ignore the king and stay in Lodabar, but I will live in defeat and sadness and shame, and God wants to take that off. You are not the things of the past. Amen? I want to thank you guys for helping us with that. God bless you so much. Thank you so much. Because I want you to come out of Lodabar and live in victory. I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I thank God that he doesn't hold all my mistakes against me. I don't belong in Lodabar and neither do you. You belong in the king's palace. And I want you to know, Satan wants to make you think that you can't make it out. You're stuck there. That is a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> Hear me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You belong at the king's table. You are completely forgiven. I also want to say to us this morning as we prepare, I've asked the worship team to do a special song for me this morning. It's interesting that Dr. Anna said, you know, in David, we hear him talking about the Lord as the shepherd. We know that David said in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my helper. The Lord wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your helper. He wants to be your redeemer. But I'm asking you today, he's, accept the invitation. How many of us have ever gotten an invitation and we said, ah, I don't want to go or I can't go. I'm, it's, I, my schedule's conflicting. I'll tell you what, when the king gives me an invitation, I am going to the king's table. Whatever else I was doing, I am laying that aside, and I am saying, God, you are my helper. I'm not going to run away from the table and say, no, I have to do it by myself. I'm going to run into the presence of the Lord. I want you to stand with me all over this room. And as they sing this song, I want you to recognize God isn't asking you to do it by yourself. Mephibosheth didn't get there by himself. King David sent somebody. Jesus sends somebody. You might be the somebody that God is sending to someone else. I want you to know there is no shame in your testimony. There should be victory in your testimony. And you're still in the middle of it. So am I. That's okay. Because the Lord is our help. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for listening to the service and to the Word of God. And this is a moment now when I am so thankful to have the opportunity to pray with you. And I want to encourage you that maybe you know Jesus, maybe you believe of Jesus, but right now you want to invite Jesus to be the Lord over every circumstance in your life. So I want to pray with you. And I want you to say the prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life, fill every part of my heart and my life 
with your love and with your power. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. Forgive me for the things I've done that were wrong and help me to believe and to walk with you every day of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for making me completely convinced that you love me and you're with me. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to pray with you for any circumstance. So you can email us, you can write us, you can let us know praise reports. But today, I also want to say to you, the Lord knows those things that are weighing heavy on your heart. And so I want to pray a prayer of blessing and protection over you for this week, healing for whatever thing might be troubling you. Lord, I pray right now for your miracle working power. You know the one who is watching on another continent, in another city, at home because they're not well. And God, right now, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your healing virtue would flow into every circumstance that needs healing. God, that your provision, you are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide peace and finances and jobs and contracts right now. I pray that faith would come alive, that those things that this week have tried to discourage, Lord, I ask you that you would lift up the heart today. You would encourage the heart and let this one know that I am with you, says the Lord. I am working on the circumstance even behind the scenes. Trust me, says the Lord. Wait on me and see the miracle working power I will do for your life and for your family. Lord, we thank you, we trust you, and we declare the victory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I praise God for what he's doing among us. We're getting ready for summer kids camp and spring kids festival. I want to thank you for your online giving. I want to uh, thank you for investing in the work of the kingdom. I ask you if you enjoy the service, share these videos with someone else. We are making a great impact around the world and we're getting testimonies every week of life change that is happening. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray you have a fantastic week. It's spring. It's time to celebrate.